and welcome to mini episode 106 of Real Life Ghost Stories. To kick things off this week, I need to thank some newest Patreon subscribers. I would like to thank Molly Lawton, B. Good, Elizabeth Jones, Kaylee Lee, Kayla Bigelow, Emma M., Emma Griffiths, Andrea Stevens, Diana Gilliland, Sandra, Josh, Mia Lawrence, Juniper Muller, and Donna Altena. Thank you so much for subscribing to the Patreon. I appreciate you every single day. And I secretly always feel like I am the narrator on MasterChef. You know when they describe the dishes, but only when I do my Patreon voice. And every time I do it, it's in my head. Just wanted to let you know that. And I've got a promo this week before we get into the stories. The promo is one that we have looked at before. And it is for the podcast, They're Not Shadows. Join Chris for stories of the supernatural, the paranormal and the unexplained. Each episode covers a variety of different spooky stories and phenomena. You can find They're Not Shadows anywhere that you listen to podcasts. I think it was back in August, maybe we promoted They're Not Shadows. I don't remember what the actual date was, but we promoted They're Not Shadows. And Chris messaged me again recently to say that he was really pushing the podcast for 2022 and wanted to try and really push it as far as it could go. So asked if I would play his new promo, which I said, absolutely, because the first time that I played the They Are Not Shadows promo, people really enjoyed it. People were talking about it in the super group, talking about how it was like really good, atmospheric, chilling ghost stories. So if that's what you're into, go and check out They Are Not Shadows. It was a regular amusement park with all the rides, stalls, lights, sounds and people. But when I turned back round to my friends, everything had changed. The park was now dark and empty. It looked like it had been abandoned for years. If you enjoy stories of the paranormal, the supernatural, and the unexplained, join me every week for They're Not Shadows, a podcast with no jokes, no commercials, and no filler. Just spooky stories. And I have six spooky stories for you today. And the last story comes from the 1st of March, 2021. And story number one comes from Amanda. For most of my life, the spirit world has, in one way or another, interacted with me. My parents were not religious or spiritual people. But I must say that as a child, they would never dismiss me if I told them that I had seen or heard anything unusual. They were believers and in their own lives had experienced unusual things, so this always made me feel that what I had experienced was real and almost normal. I have a number of stories that I can tell you about, but there is one that seems to stick out more than the rest, and I still think about it to this day. It was around 17 years ago and my marriage had fallen apart. I was at the time pregnant with our fourth child, After the baby was born, I had to sell our house and find a house for the five of us, plus my beautiful Mastiff Cross Staffy. She was my best friend and our protector, especially since the boys and I were alone. I remember the day I went to view the house that I was going to rent. 
It was a hot summer's day in Penrith, Australia. I walked in with other families viewing it at the same time. It wasn't an old house. I would say no more than 20 years old. It wasn't a large house. But at the time, there wasn't a lot to choose from and renting a house was like going for a job interview. I had all the paperwork filled out and my bank statements on hand. So after a look around, I gave the agent my details. I told them I had a dog and they seemed okay with that and I ended up getting the lease and finally the boys, Nala and myself had a house. We'd been living there for around six months and one night my eldest son came out of his room and said that he had seen a red orb dart around his room. My stomach dropped, as I've experienced so much of the paranormal world in my past that I knew, especially by the look on his face, that this was something. His room was the end room, and the windows had blackout shutters on them, so I couldn't say that it was a light from the outside, like a car or something. After a number of months living there, sadly my Nala passed away. I felt lost without our protector. One night after a long day at work, I sat down to watch some telly. The boys were in bed. As I was watching telly, I saw a dark shadow figure walk out of my son's room and passed me. This all happened in a matter of a couple of minutes. When I saw the figure, I instantly felt that it was a man. And I thought, oh, here we go. As he passed me and I lost sight of him, I had felt that he was going to do something, something negative. Out of nowhere, the sound of an evil hound growling, snarling and barking came out from all over the house. I couldn't pinpoint the noise, it was all around me, it was above me, it was below me. I even ran out into the front and backyard to see if I could find anything that caused this sound, there was nothing. It was so loud, it was deafening. Then it stopped and the feeling of peace came over the house. Now, I'm not saying it was Nala, as I'm not sure, but I like to think it was her last time protecting me. After that experience, many more things happened. I always loved ice cream. I would never buy it, as I would be tempted to eat the whole tub in one night. But suddenly I felt the need to eat ice cream. The craving was very strong, and it had to be the strawberry kind. The good quality creamy kind with chunks of strawberries. I craved this for about two weeks and then I caved. I bought the ice cream and ate the whole lot. I felt so good after, not even sick. Now I know that doesn't seem weird, but I don't like strawberry ice cream. So it was something that struck me as a little odd. My best friend was a palliative care nurse. He rang me one night and was asking about my move and how I was doing. I told him it was okay but I had some strange things going on in the house that were worrying me. I told him my address and he said, Hang on. Is that house on a corner? And is there blackout shutters on the end room? I told him it was. He asked if there was a reserve across the road and I told him yes. He then proceeded to tell me that he had cared for a young man in the house until he had died. He had died in the house from AIDS. He was a very angry young man and kept asking, why him? Why did he have to die? My friend then told me something that gave me chills. He said the poor thing was in such a bad way that his throat was very sore with ulcers and he couldn't eat anything but ice cream. But he would only eat strawberry ice cream and it had to be the good quality creamy type with strawberries in it. 
I moved out after living there for about five years. With all the scary things that would happen, I don't know why or how I managed to live there for so long. It's been years now and I still think about the house, and one day recently I looked it up and saw that it had been sold twice since. Then something came over me, and I felt the need to tell the real estate agent that was selling the house about some of the things that happened there. I emailed him, and to my surprise, he rang me that day. He was genuinely interested and was very respectful while I was telling him my stories. He then quizzed me on the house, like what rooms were where and what the kitchen was like, just to make sure I had the right house. He said to me the people that had just sold it didn't say anything about the house, and it was their mother that was living in it, and that he didn't think they had any problems with the house. Well, my finishing sentence to him was that when I looked at the photos of the house online, inside, there were loads of crosses on the lounge room wall. He became very quiet, and I could tell I had him stumped. So let's just say that it was Nala defending you. Which I am here for. We all know that I love a good pet coming back story. They are the best. Because it's so hard losing a pet. It's so, so hard. Especially when they feel like your little best pal. So of course they would want to come back and protect you from whatever it was. But that ice cream part of that story messed me up. And I thought when I was first reading it, I thought you were going to say, and I had this craving for strawberry ice cream and I ate it and it's weird because I don't even like strawberry ice cream. And then that was the end of the story. So when I was first reading it, I was thinking, oh, wow, I hope that strawberry ice cream bit like goes somewhere because I don't think I can use it in an episode if it doesn't. And then the story about the man dying and only being able to eat strawberry ice cream. Oh, that gave me chills, man. It gave me chills to my core. And I think there's a lot to be said about people dying when they're angry and not being willing, not not being willing to die. That's not what I mean. That's not the right phraseology, but not accepting that they are going to die and not being able to accept that they're going to die, which I think happens to a lot of people, especially when they die young. So I don't know that uh, that's that story gave me the heebie-jeebies for real. And story number two comes from Amy. My story is not particularly creepy but I thought that you guys would get a kick out of it. There was an old man who used to live in my house, and then he passed away. We never saw him or anything, but he takes our stuff away. Mostly winter gear, we noticed. Maybe he liked to ski, who knows. When I was in high school, about 10 years ago, my mom got brand new ski gloves. I borrowed them because I didn't have a pair or the dog ruined mine. I went snowboarding and had a good old time, got back in town from just the day trip and they were gone. They weren't in the car, weren't at my friend's house who went with me, they were just gone. We tore apart the car and her house. I left the hill with them, that I was certain of. After that, I've never lived it down, literally never. My mom would always say things like, if only I had my ski gloves. The next time I was leaving for Colorado, I needed to pack my snow pants. Our snow pants have been in the same spot since I've been alive. It's never changed. I went to go get them and of course they weren't there. Once again my mom and I looked everywhere but with no luck. I was seriously more annoyed that I had to go and buy new snow pants. I asked my family and nobody had touched them. And I bought new ones and went on the trip and had a blast. I came home and lo and behold my snow pants were right on top of the stack where they always were. 
My mom was as dumbfounded as me because she didn't put them back and she hadn't seen them since I left. Years after that, more things happened the same way and we just shrugged it off like, okay, maybe we were just going crazy or misplacing things. We totally forgot about the ski gloves at that point and my mom stopped giving me shit for it after a few years. Before the winter season of good old 2020, I wanted to get my ice skates because I was bored, unemployed and wanted to go skating. My mom told me she packed them in a box and stuck them in the crawl space. So I went to go and get them. And while I was in the crawl space, I opened the skate box and the fucking gloves were right on top, all fresh and new. No mice had used them for a home and the money and the chapstick were all still in it. My mom was the one who packed away the skates. She didn't put the gloves on top. She wouldn't have done that. I showed my mom and I pulled the gloves out of the box. She looked at me and just started pouring us a shot. So yeah, not super creepy or anything, but just an unexplainable disappearing, reappearing of things. And none of my family messed with each other like that. And we don't really play pranks. It's obviously snow fairies. I didn't know that was a thing. I've decided it's a thing. They're snow fairies. It's not a little old man. That's what they want you to believe. It's snow fairies. And I'm not going to I'm not gonna lie to you, Amy. They're mugging you and your family off by robbing all your stuff and making a laugh at you. I thoroughly enjoyed your mam not being able to let it go that you lost her gloves because that is very my family energy. I mean, there's things that have happened 10, 15 years ago that we've never been able to let go. Things, you know, my mum burning something with an iron and us siblings never being able to let go of that fact. Like, it's, it's, uh, that's my family dynamic. Love it. Absolutely love it. Also love the fact that your mum just, her answer to having this weird event with the gloves reappearing in a box in the crawl space, which is so weird, was to pour a shot. Incredible. I love it. But it's snow fairies. And story number three comes from Steve. I have a story that my dad has told me about a man he saw hanging in a pub toilet. He has told me this story many times and it's never changed by a single detail. My dad is very much a man's man and doesn't get rattled very easily. I don't believe in the paranormal and think my dad just had a bit too much to drink but here's the story. There was a pub in the town that I live known as the Welly, the Wellington which has only recently closed down as many other watering holes have due to the pandemic. Once my dad was in there doing what people do in a pub, he went to the toilet. The men's toilets have urinals down one side and the cubicles down the opposite wall. There is also a long strip mirror across the wall of the urinals and you can see the cubicles behind you in the reflection of the mirror. As my dad tells it, He was standing using one of the urinals and glanced into the mirror. As he did, he saw a man hanging in the cubicle behind him. Needless to say, he didn't hang around in the toilets and went to get his friend and the barman to go and have another look. The three then went back into the toilets to find nothing at all. On a note that is completely unrelated to the paranormal, I find the dynamic of men's toilets just so strange. I understand that it just makes more sense to have urinals, but like it's just so strange that 
everybody just pees in front of each other. Totally get it. Totally understand why. I know for men it's probably not that big of a deal. But I just find it really, find it really fascinating. I wonder what the history of that pub is. I know we said in Wednesday's episode that all pubs are inevitably haunted. Like, it's just one of those things. Especially pubs in the UK. Because they often tend to be really old. Like the pubs have been there for a really long time. And they've been pubs for a really long time. So I wonder what the backstory was to that pub. Whether or not it was like a haunted pub. Whether there was any stories of people who had died there. Or any traumatic events there. That's what I'd love to be finding out. Either that or your dad just was pissed. I don't know. Either way. And story number four comes from Abby. I thought I would share a creepy photo that I took a few years ago when I went on a ghost tour to the quarantine station in Manly in Sydney. I really enjoy going on ghost tours and learning about the history of different places. Plus, I love the spooky stories that go along with it. This was taken while I was in the old hospital of the Q station. The Q station has quite an intense history. It was where many ships would arrive when suspected of carrying people with contagious diseases like the Spanish flu and smallpox. And there are some great stories that I've been told by tour guides during my visits there. Today, it's known for its ghost tours and accommodation. When I took this photo, I can assure you there was no one in front of my phone. To the left of the photo, you will see a large dark figure standing over a bed. It almost looks like they're wearing some type of hat. I did not realise I had captured this until a few weeks after my visit, when somebody else actually pointed the figure out to me. When I returned to the queue station two years after taking this photo, I showed it to a tour guide who told me they believe it to be a photo of a nurse who continues to watch over the beds in the now empty hospital. Creepy. As always, this photo will be posted on Patreon and Instagram and on the Facebook page and holy moly, it is worth going to have a look at it. This photo gave me the creeps. It is definitely a figure. You can definitely see them standing over the bed. It's a it's a good it's a good photo. It is a good photo. Go and check it out uh, anywhere on our social medias. And story number five comes from Kim. So I moved into my house in two thousand and nine. And I do know from speaking with the previous owner that her husband died in the house. But I honestly didn't think much of it. Our house is in an old, small neighbourhood in a pretty good part of town. But there are no streetlights on our street anywhere. So at night time, it is dark. A couple of months after moving in, my husband was out of town, working. So I was home totally alone. Let me also say that my husband is a huge non-believer. And it was night time. I was sleeping. And the smell of cigarette smoke was so strong that it wakes me up. It was almost like someone was blowing smoke directly in front of my face. My husband and I are both non-smokers. So I got up, weirded out, thinking maybe it was a dream. But I could still smell it after. I was up checking the house and I find nothing. So I was a little freaked out. But I went back to bed. I told my husband about it and he eye-rolled and tried to explain it away. A few months later, my husband was home and he jumped up in the middle of the night saying that he could smell cigarette smoke and he heard a man talking. So he got up and checked the whole house and nothing. About five years later, my grandfather, who was around three, was going to come and spend the night with me. 
She was always super close to me and would rather be at my house than anywhere. When we got to the house it was night and my husband was out of town working again and when I took her out of the car she went to go into the house and started to cry and said that she didn't want to go into the house, she wanted to go home, she didn't want to go inside. So I calmed her down and carried her inside and set her on the bed and turned on cartoons for her. While I got ready for bed she sat watching cartoons so when I was done and ready to climb into bed she told me that she didn't like the guy in the hallway. He scared her. I told her there was no man in the hallway and she said that there was and she would show me. I picked her up and I carried her out of the room and the further down the hallway we went the tighter her little legs were squeezing on my sides and she was physically shaking. So I made it halfway down the hall before I turned back and ran to my room and shut and locked the door and we slept with the lights on all night. The same granddaughter was about six months old when our neighbour passed away and her house sat empty for several years. She had a peach tree by her front door and sometimes I would go and pick the peaches and my granddaughter would always tell me to stop picking the peaches, you're going to make Judy mad. And that was my neighbour's name. Finally, the house sold and a man in his 30s moved in. My husband, myself, my daughter and my granddaughter were in the backyard and he came to the fence to introduce himself. As we were chatting, my granddaughter burst out, Do you know Judy? She lives in your closet. Like I said, she was around six months old when my neighbour died and I never really talked about her, but my granddaughter could explain her to a T, even down to the colour of her car. I think I just need to rename this podcast like freaky children arrows. The smell of cigarette smoke seems to be quite a common thing in hauntings. I know my friend Kira. Hello, Kira, if you're listening. She experienced it after her grandmother died that she would regularly smell smoke throughout the house, even though nobody was a smoker. And I guess it it, it is like a part of somebody's personality or part of somebody's being if they're a heavy smoker. So it would make sense that that would be how they would present themselves afterwards. And I'm kind of glad, Kim, for your sake, that your husband also experienced it just so, you know, he couldn't eye roll and be like, oh, there's obviously an explanation for it just because he didn't experience it. And your granddaughter, it would seem, was right not to want to go into the house because I also would not want to see a scary man in the hallway. And I also would be worried about Judy's peaches. Oh, kids, man. And the thing is, too, like we don't really talk to small children about death in the same way. And I totally understand what Kim is saying that, you know, when she's saying that she didn't talk to the granddaughter about Judy, her neighbour, because there wouldn't really be any reason to, particularly not to like finer details about the colour of her car. And there would be no reason to talk to a child about stuff like that. So how, how did she know? How did she know? And story number six comes from Grace. In college, I lived in a dorm room in Oklahoma that many considered to be haunted. I heard stories of people who watched their shoes be dragged across a room, heard scratching within their closets and heard footsteps regularly. My roommate and I lived on the top floor of the dorm and often heard laughing and footsteps above us, but shrugged it off as either college students actually just on the roof or a trick of the mind. We both loved to watch scary movies and TV shows with one another, paranormal activity, supernatural, etc. And joked that we had a ghost in our dorm room named Toby. Get it? Like the demon in paranormal activity? 
If we lost a phone charger or an alarm did not go off in time for class, we would often jokingly say, damn it, Toby, just to blame something other than ourselves. Well, apparently whatever was in our dorm room was not a fan of that. We had a friend in our dorm once who told us that she felt like there was something in our room. We had been watching Supernatural and heard thumping above us as usual. Jokingly, my roommate and I took a container of salt and drew a salt circle around my bed and said, so there, Toby, or something along those lines. Literally seconds later, everything on our desk, lamps, pencils, papers, etc., fell to the ground seemingly out of nowhere. We all freaked out and ran out of the room to hang out elsewhere, anywhere but our dorm room. We didn't think whatever was in our dorm room was negative at all. In fact, once I'd left my room key inside and didn't realise it until I'd gotten back from class. I tried the door once and it was locked. I heard someone get up and unlock the door for me. I opened the door but the room was empty. My roommate was downstairs waiting for me to put my things away and join her. My roommate, who has always been far more witchy and spiritual than me, began learning how to do tarot readings and other occult-like hobbies around this time. She had a friend visit who told us that he could see the dead. He mentioned in passing that there was a spirit in our dorm room, but it didn't like that we called it Toby. He told me that I'm the type of person that spirits like to cling to and follow from place to place. As spooky as that was, I honestly wrote it off as a sceptic and continued my freshman year of college. My roommate and I moved into an apartment together the next fall and everything went back to normal. My roommate continued learning about doing readings and we saged the apartment before moving in, etc. Well, as many know, your early 20s are spent doing lots of things you regret and lots of weird emotions and drama. I still, to this day, believe that a lot of what happened is because of negative energies. We had a friend and her boyfriend come over to visit once and as he was laying on the living room floor with me talking about life, he mentioned that he has also seen spirits. You guys have one that lives in your fireplace, he told me. We hadn't noticed anything in our home, so we joked that Toby had followed us to our new home and that my roommate's friend was right. I carried a ghost to the apartment. We had small little things happen throughout, like stuff going missing and the occasional knocking sound, but overall things were quiet. I had another friend who came over quite often, and one day we decided to light things on fire because fire is fun. My smoke detector very clearly was about to go off as we were lighting everything from peeps to Kleenex on fire in the kitchen. So we took the battery out of the detector and continued our fun. And yes, don't do that, folks. Afterward, once the apartment stopped being quite so smoky, we put the battery back in the detector and figured that was that. I was assuming that our smoke detector's battery was low because it beeped constantly for weeks. We were both poor college students and didn't want to pay for a new battery, so each time it beeped, my roommate and I would sigh dramatically and one of us would go pull the battery out and push it back in. One day I got home from work and desperately needed a shower. My roommate was out watching a movie with a friend, so I had the place to myself. I took my shower and went back to the bedroom and shut the door, as it was quite often cold if we left the doors open. I was laying in bed playing on my phone when I heard my smoke detector starting to beep again. I didn't want to get up so I figured that I would just let it beep a little longer until I was thoroughly annoyed. I heard my roommate sigh very dramatically from the living room 
and shuffle over to the smoke detector. The beeping stopped and I thanked her silently in my head for handling it for me. I didn't even know she'd gotten back from the movie, but she must have gotten back while I was in the shower. My phone beeped and I looked down to a text from my roommate saying, The movie just got out, I'm headed back home now. A second later, there was a loud bang on my bedroom door. When I say I've never been so scared in my life, I definitely mean it. I instantly, like a child, covered my head with my blankets and texted her back to hurry home as fast as she could because something scary had just happened. The theatre she was at was about 15 or 20 minutes from our apartment, but they hurried to get back. I heard my roommate and her friend come inside, and she came into my room and knocked on the door. When I let her in, she showed me that for some reason the smoke detector was on the floor in front of my bedroom door. I swear I hadn't told her a single detail of the experience until she got to my room, so it wasn't her just messing with me. A little while later, we got a dog who would often cower by the fireplace or would bark and follow something across the room with its eyes, only to start whining once it started looking at us or the couch we were sitting on. Odd stuff, but not necessarily indicative of a ghost. My roommate and I started to have a few arguments around this time and things started to feel a lot heavier in our apartment. Again, negative energies. We would try and fix this by doing readings, saging the apartment again, etc. But that never seemed to make the feeling that we weren't alone any less. I started spending more time back at home at my parents' house. There, I once drew a bath and ran to get a towel and heard sloshing in the bathroom as if someone was getting into my bath. My parents' dogs also started fighting a lot more than usual and it seemed like whatever negative energy was at home had followed me to my parents' house. The penultimate scary situation didn't involve my apartment at all. I had mentioned to my mom that her bedroom had always scared me as a kid and it seemed just as scary lately. She said that she had never understood that but more recently was afraid to be in that room on her own. I had gone back to my apartment for a week since I would be going back to class the next day, and noticed that whatever negative energies were usually in my home were completely gone. That night, my sister, who lived on the opposite side of the state at the time, had a dream that she and I were in my parents' bedroom. Something was knocking both of us regularly on the back of the head and she kept telling it to stop. She said that it was some sort of iridescent ghost that kept following us. She woke up from this weird nightmare at 3.47am, had a weird feeling but went back to sleep. She didn't think too much of it until she talked to my mom on the phone later that day. Apparently my mother had woken up in the middle of the night at 3.47am because she felt something hit her in the back of the head. Coincidence? Possibly. But it feels like everything was happening all at the same time. A few other odd things happened both in my parents' home and my apartment before I finally decided to move out of my apartment and back home. Once I officially moved home, everything completely stopped. I'm not sure to this day if it was an actual paranormal experience or just negative energies festering something far worse. But it was definitely the scariest time of my life and I'm quite grateful to not have anything else happen since. I think, Grace, you make a very interesting point because often our stories start 
in times of turmoil in people's lives. So like kids when when their parents are getting divorced or adults when their marriages are breaking down or they're having relationship issues or they're having mental health issues. Our stories often start here at that point. And I, you know, you can't say for sure whether or not these things aren't psychological. There is this thing that Grace says about negative energies. Is it just negative energies creating these scenarios and negative energies behaving in a way that we don't understand? I don't know. And for a lot of people, your 20s are full of turmoil. And a lot, you know, and and we've all been there. Like a lot of it is drama and high emotions that you look back on as an older adult and think, wow, I was very dramatic and emotional as a as a person in my early 20s. But it is a dramatic time in people's lives. And hearing your roommate sigh and go through the routine of doing the smoke alarm and then what seems like the smoke alarm being thrown at your door, like that is legitimately terrifying. Totally terrifying. I don't know how you stayed living in the house at all after that. Like, I really don't. And I think as well, like, coincidence is one thing. And I think a lot of stories or a lot of things come down to coincidence. And coincidence can sometimes be really freaky. But your sister dreaming about something, knocking you on the back of the head and then waking up at 3, 4 to 7 and your mom having the same experience at 3, 4 to 7, that's weird. Even if you're a total sceptic and, you know, like to find explanations for stuff, that's weird. That is definitely weird. Thank you so much to Amanda, Amy, Steve, Abby, Kim and Grace for sending in your stories. And thank you for listening. Remember, the last story came from March the 1st, 2021. And if you would like to find out anything about Real Life Ghost Stories, you can do so by checking out our website, reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And on that note, I shall see you next time. <laughs>